Good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 120 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. Being Wednesday, we'll discuss a drill of the week, and in the questions, we'll talk about how much difference the bat makes, how to do a surprise drop shot like Walder, how much training is enough, and how to develop fast reflexes. I'm Jeff Plum. And as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey. And uh, yes, good to be here again. Um, another interesting show. And yes, a drill of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Go. Looking forward to drill of the week. Um, that's a good segment to have, isn't it? It's it, it is a segment. We'll see. We'll see what the viewers think. <laughs> That's right. Well, before we get into that, let's just talk about the um, highly exciting Ping Skillers questions of the day. So the previous one was, what do you think about the new rule that from after the 2016 Olympics and Paralympics, you will be able to coach between points? Yes, well, not a fan at all. Um, I think they've gone the wrong way here. I think they're involving people outside of the players too much. So, I mean, coaches, you know, might play a bit of a part, but I'd I'd rather just see a contest between the two players. And uh, interestingly, though, no comments on the the blog about it. So, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe people just aren't up to it or it's not something that really concerns players um, out there. Yeah, maybe not. Not. Interesting one. Now, using this, we use Google Hangouts to record this, Alois, and I'm just trying to select the questions, but it's actually saying, please start the broadcast to select the question. But I've started the broadcast, so um, we might not be able to use this little feature to choose the questions today. Um, Yeah. Do you want want me to read out the questions, Jeff? I can read them out, but can you select them? I can. All right. So, oh, look at me. I, done. Look at that. I'm versatile. You are versatile. That's excellent. I can't see what you did, but um, it sounds exciting. <laughs> did you click on a question? I, I, I clicked, on, clicked on the last ping skills question. Is that what I'm supposed to do? Like, That's what you're supposed to do. And then now you, now you click done. 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 All right. Awesome. What, and oh, so then we'll do, do the it. ping skillers question. Oh, I can do it now. It's all come good now that you've done that. So the ping skillers question of the day, wait for it, drum roll, da, 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 is if Ma Long were to play Waldner when he was at his best, who would win? So um, have a good think about it. Ma Long playing Waldner when Waldner was at his best, who would win? Okay, jump onto our website, pingskills.com. Click on the blog link and leave a comment. And uh, we will give you our thoughts tomorrow. That's how the Ping Skillers question of the day works. All right, Alois. Before we get on to the uh, drill of the week, I just wanted to say that the number 120 is the sum of four consecutive prime numbers, 23 plus 29 plus 31 plus 37. Plus Amazing. the sum of a twin prime pair. 59 and 61. Pretty exciting. Amazing. And last of all, 
120 is factorial. Um, is the factorial of five? Amazing. 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 <laughs> All right, let's move on to the drill of the week, Alloys. What's the drill of I the used, week this week? I used to have hair. I used to have hair. <laughs> All right, go on. Tell us what's the drill of the week this week. Um, yes, it's X's and H's, and that's a bit more exciting than uh, five factorial. Um, so X, X's and H's, is a, it's a really good drill um, to get both players moving at the same time. So what you do with X's and H's is one player is playing cross-court, which makes the X. So if it's on this side, I'm playing cross-court, and if it's on this side, I'm playing a cross-court that way. So that makes the X on the table. And the other player is playing H's or straight down the line. So when um, when I play over there, you play down the line. I play over there, you play down the line. So it becomes um, a cross pattern. Um, works really well. Give it, Just give it a try. Um, it might sound a bit complicated and complex, but it isn't. Um, if you just remember that one end is doing the X's, the other end is doing the H's, and you get a pattern where both players are switching between forehand and backhand. Works really well, and it's a really good switching drill where both players are involved. Yeah, it sounds good, Alois. And I used to just call this uh, cross-court down the line. That's a simple name. Yes, that's another, that's another name for it. Yep, and uh, if that works for you, you can call it that as well. Excellent. All right, we'll give it a try. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes to our training drills document, which will have this drill on it, plus lots of other drills. So try out the X's and H's and then let us know how you found the drill. As Alloy said, it's a good one, easy to do, and, um, yeah, a lot of fun. Give it a go. All right, let's move on to some questions, Alloy. First one from Shiva. Shiva says... I used to play with a cheap ready-made racket of GKI of about $20. Now I've purchased Exian Vega Pro on my forehand and Shriver on my backhand on a Friendship 729 blade. But changing my racket has improved my game a bit. I'd expected my game to improve a lot. Aha, Shiva. Here is a really good lesson. And it's a really good lesson for a lot of people out there. Changing your equipment will or might change your game level a little bit. It is not going to make the difference between you being um, in Section 4 and being in Section 1 or, you know, being ranked um, 150 or ranked number 20. The, The most important thing, and we can't stress this enough, the most important thing is training, time out on the table, good focus um, and having some good guidance with your actual game. The equipment is really minor compared to those. We get so many um, queries about um, equipment and really I glaze over. I glaze over when I get too many equipment questions because I understand because, because I've played a bit and and tried out a whole lot of different rubbers and that sort of thing, understand that there isn't a big difference between a lot of the the equipment. In fact, a lot of the equipment is made in the same factories and they just put different stamps on them and send them out. 
Um, you know, and every month or every week it almost feels like, you know, the equipment manufacturers are releasing a new rubber. Why are they doing that? Just to get you to buy another rubber, you know. Like there's no, there's no real difference between a lot of these rubbers. So don't get sucked in with it. Just use the equipment that you've got, play, train, improve that way, you know. Um, we, we do have a, less, a lesson or a video on um, choosing your bat. And in there, we talk about the differences. So there, there are basic differences of, or different levels of, of equipment that you can get, you know. And if you're a, um, a, a top 10 ranked player, you don't want to be playing with a beginner racket. And similarly, if you're a beginner player, you don't want to be playing with one of the super high-powered, high fast, um, spinny-type bats either because it, you need to find something that is at your level. If you find that, stick with it, train hard, that is the answer. Great that advice. Is, yeah. And as you can tell, it's one of our big bugbears. So get onto it. Excellent. Great advice there, Alois. Yep. I'll put a link in the show notes to choosing that bat because, as Alois said, it is important to get a bat that's right for your level. You know, even as a beginner, you want a bat that can generate some spin so you can learn about spin. But, yeah, watch the video, choose something that's good, and then concentrate on improving your technique. All right. Thanks for the question, Shiva. You gave Alois a chance to um, vent some frustrations. <laughs> Not really frustrations, but just try and offer some advice. All right. Um, Theus has asked a question, which is, this would, typically, this would typically be a move for Waldner, but I really want to know how to do the surprise drop shot right past the net where my opponent is far away trying to lob. I can't seem to get the ball to bounce twice. Any hints or tricks on how he does it? Yeah, so Waldy was fantastic at this shot. Um, so what Tice is talking about is just being able to um, do a drop shot if the other person does a lob or um, you know a high shot. So a couple of couple of really important things. One is to have your hand really soft and relaxed because that will absorb some of the speed that's on the ball. The second thing is to then select the ball that bounces close to the net. If the ball bounces really deep on your end of the table it's it's really difficult to do a drop shot off that ball because to get the ball from here over the net and to drop it short is almost impossible or not impossible but it's it's much much harder so wait till they log one that's really short and close to the net um, if you go if you're going to attempt to do the drop shot as well the third one and this is an interesting one is to just put a little bit of side spin on the ball if you put a little bit of side spin on the ball when you're contacted, um, the ball doesn't have as much forward momentum and it will tend to stop a little bit easier on the other side of the table. So, so there's a couple of hints, but we do have a lesson on the drop shot. Um, take a look at that lesson. We've got the drop shot against a lob and also we've got the drop shot against uh, a chop or a backspin ball. So uh, have a look at those. can be a really useful stroke, especially if the other person's... Um, a, a really good defender and you're having problems um, attacking or smashing through them, um, yeah, the drop shot's a really not, a nice um, variation. Yeah, it certainly looks spectacular when it works, doesn't it? You just do this nice drop shot and the opponent's stuck right at the back of the court 
Um, yeah, very nice feeling when that pays off. So, yeah, so Tice, yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes to those two episodes so you can watch those. Um, but yeah, as a summary, nice relaxed hand, choose the ball that's closer to the net, and then try adding just a little bit of side spin. All right, uh, next up is a question from JDev. And JDev says, I practice three hours per day on the weekdays and five hours per day on weekends. I wish to work as hard as possible till the tournaments start. Then I will have the assurance that now I have to rely on my training. Should I continue in this way? Um, yeah, so you have to make sure you balance it a little bit, Jadev. Um, so make sure that you're not feeling too tired and, you know, and run down. It's important to be fresh um, for your for your next training session. So if you if you do find that, you know, it's becoming a real chore or you're not enjoying it, um, then maybe you can start to think about just um, slowing down a little bit with the amount of training that you're doing. But otherwise, if, you, if you're feeling good, just just soldier on and keep, keep practicing. You know, we talked a bit about earlier as well when we're talking about equipment. So it's about how much training you can do and um, how focused you can be during your training. If, if you can do those two things, then you will get good improvement. So, um, so re- yeah, really just monitor yourself. Um, try to train as much as you can, but if you are starting to feel run down or tired or bored or, um, you know, getting aggravated too much, then just slow down a little bit. But in any case, I think just before a tournament, it is good to just um, decrease your, uh, the amount of training a little bit, you know, in the couple of days beforehand. Um, you might want to just um, lower the, the amount of time you're hitting just so that when you get to the tournament, you feel really fresh and um, and your body's had a chance to recover for that tournament as well. Yeah, I like that thought, Alois. Yeah, just give yourself a bit more time to recover. That sounds That sounds good. And I guess, you know, three hours per day on weekdays and five hours on the weekends is quite a lot of training. Um, so, yeah. It's important, isn't it, that your training is still, um, you know, purposeful and you're still focused the whole time and you're not really just wasting time. So I guess they're the key things to gauge, you know, whether you should keep going or back off a little bit. Yeah, exactly. And, and, it's, and it's really you just being able to monitor that, monitor that for yourself as well. Um, it's difficult for other people often to tell how you're feeling. So just, I mean, if... You, if you start to feel yourself, you know, feeling run down or or um, not concentrating properly during your training, then you yeah, have a think about uh, decreasing your training load a little. Okay, okay great. Uh, well, good luck, Jadev. Great to hear you're practicing a lot. Um, and like Alice said, that's how you improve. So, you know, if you're doing that and staying focused, then uh, keep it up. Well done, and good luck for the future. All righty. Next question is from Charan Kamal who says, when I hit the first topspin, my partner returns the ball to the backhand or an extreme forehand, and I can't return it. How can I develop fast reflexes to return the ball? And if by chance I reach the ball, then the ball goes out of the table. So have you got any tips for Charan Kamal? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. So the, the first thing that I would say is think about what you're doing with that first topspin and see if you can make that first topspin perhaps a little bit more effective so that it, it's it's harder for your opponent to 
place the ball well, you know, into your backhand or out wide to the forehand so that you you have a difficult ball on the next um, on the next ball. So whether it's increasing the speed or spin or decreasing the speed or spin or placing the ball to a different area that's a bit more difficult for your opponent, um, find find a way that um, that you can get a more effective first ball. Um, secondly, then it, it's a matter of also just tracking the ball as it as you play your first ball as they're hitting it and seeing where the next ball's coming back to so that you can react and um, move easier to that next ball as well. So, yeah, so, yeah a couple of, couple of things to think about there to try to make that first or that first and that second ball a bit more effective. Um, in the extended question, Charan Kamal also talks about he often hits that second ball um, a little bit longer, and you'll find that happens quite a lot. It's a really common mistake. So after you make the first topspin, and that's usually off a backspin ball, and you're lifting that first topspin, um, often that when your opponent blocks it back, the players tend to lift that second one a little bit too much. And that error almost always will go off the end rather than into the net. So on that follow-up forehand, you need to think about coming a bit more forward. So lifting the first one, and then driving forward on the second uh, forehand topspin. Excellent. Good advice again, Alois. Now, um, that uh, second point you made about tracking the ball is a really good one. And um, we've got a video coming out shortly, probably this weekend, Alois, that talks about improving your reflexes. And a lot of that is actually tracking the ball. So everyone keep an eye out for the new video coming out this weekend. And then, the first point um, about making your first ball more effective really resonates with me too because I've had times where it seems like the, the opponent has, you know, got your, your forehand topspin covered. But like you said, you just make a small change, whether it be adding a bit more topspin or even just the placement, and it can really turn the whole game. It can make it harder for them to block the first ball, and then you can attack their next ball much better. So, yeah, a small change can make a big difference. So... Yeah, Taryn Kamal, try some of those suggestions that Alloy said on your first ball and see if you can make it just a little bit more effective and you'll have a lot more success. All right. Um, let's get on to some questions from people who have jumped on Alloys and um, have used the Google Q&A app to ask us a question live on the show, which is great. Um, first question is from uh, Chrissy Town Gaming, who says, can you give me some advice on how to attack a fast, long serve? There is this guy that I play with who always does the same fast and long serve. He just alters where he aims the serve. Yeah, so if, if you're finding that someone's doing a lot of fast serves to you, just give yourself a fraction more time or space by stepping back just half a step away from the table. You'll find that increases the amount of time you have by a real lot. So rather than being right up at the table for the return, just take a little step back and then you've got a little bit more time to see it. The other thing is to always think about um, watching the, the ball right from the start. So from the time that the guy has the ball in his hand, start to tune into it, watch it, watch it as he throws it up, watch it as it's coming down, and then watch it as he's contacting it. If you're watching really carefully and closely there, 
you'll you'll pick up the cues a little bit earlier and you'll you'll be really surprised at how much quicker you seem to be reacting or it almost feels like the the server started slowing down the serve because you are tuning into it much much better so yes yeah, so a couple of things there so perhaps take a half a step back away from the table and then secondly think about really tuning into the ball right from the point where he's got the ball on the palm of his hand and he's ready to throw it up just track the ball all the way there yeah excellent advice and then when when you do that and you watch the ball closely and you see it coming and you you get into position well uh, what sort of shot should you play? Do you need to play a really big shot or can you play a smaller one or can you just try and place it well? What, what's some good advice there? Yeah, so if um, if they've got a lot of speed on the ball already, then you don't really need a big stroke or a big swing because the, the, the speed's already on the ball. So you can shorten your swing a little bit and then just, I mean, what, what I would do first is just think about where you're placing that ball. So use the speed on on their serve and just control the ball to a difficult spot for them. You know, play it out wide, play it into their backhand area, whatever it is. Um, make it make it difficult as possible. But you don't need such a big swing. Just put some topspin on the ball yourself um, and place it uh, effectively. Excellent advice, and thank you for the question. All right, now Brock is uh, has jumped on and Brock is a regular viewer and he's just uh, made a few comments. He said, already 120 shows, time goes fast. Yes, it certainly does, Brock. And then Brock says, Ma Long is the best player right now. I want to see Ma Long versus Waldner one more time. Um, I mean, I think we'd have, all have to agree at the moment, Ma Long is the best player, number one in the world and winning the World Championships, Alois. Yeah, he's definitely number one right now. Um, but get on to our ping skills question of the day for, for today. Who would win, though, if Waldner was at his best? Waldy versus Marlong. Let's see. Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, that wraps up episode 120. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Make sure you check out our website, pingskills.com. Heaps of great resources there. Sign up for our free newsletter. And if you want to take your game to the next level, consider our premium membership where we've got lots of great videos. There's serving videos so you can learn the pendulum serve, the high toss serve, the reverse pendulum serve. There's receiving videos so you can learn how to return all those types of serves. And a really popular section from all our members is the 52-week training plan where we take you week by week through and give you a new training plan to help you improve your game. And along with each of those training plans, we have a masterclass that just teaches you another aspect of table tennis that will help you get to the next level. So if you want to improve your table tennis, check out the premium membership at pingskills.com. All righty. Well, thanks, Alois, for um, all your wise words of wisdom once again. And thanks, Jeff. And, uh, yeah, thanks, Ping, Ping Skillers, for tuning in once again. Um, and let us know what you think of the new time as well. So uh, does this time suit you better um, to watch it live or uh, do you like it when we're up early in the morning? Let us know. Indeed. Thank you, everybody, and we will catch you again tomorrow. Bye. Bye. <laughs>